Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Understandable Podcast, co-hosted by McQuaid Boo and Tanner Meralt. Today we have a special guest, one of our producers, Mitchell Vanelli. Mitchell, give us a sentence about yourself to let the people know what you're about. Well, I'm a hard worker and I'm never late. <laughs> never late. There you go. Yep. Thank you, Mitchell. Well, let's dive into today's topic. Today's topic is the positives and negatives of charitable giving. Negatives? Yes, negatives. I think so. We're going to dive into that a little later. Right now, we're going to go ahead and talk about when did charitable giving start? Mm-hmm. Tanner? Um, for me, I, I th- it was really cool, actually, because when we talked about wanting to do charitable giving, um, I had the opportunity to start a new book. It's called um, Original Intent. It's about just the founding fathers after the revolution and how they wanted to start up America. And so it was interesting because it really tied into um, not charitable giving exactly, but for them the origins of what started to produce a lazier society when luxuries started to become too big of a thing. Um, And to them it was like a four-step process on how a society would finally turn over into needing and being dependable either towards the government or towards others from poverty. So back to the question on where did it originate? Maybe not at at that exact time period, but that's where I would ask the question back to you is to answer it is when do you think um, with that being in mind, a four-step process, uh, when do you feel that that being the lazy luxury time would have been the first time people had the luxury to need to donate to someone um, so your question is, when when did it start? When did it become an organization, charity, or what? Did, what is your question? When did you, when do you, so to answer back to the origins, when you, uh, the easiest way to answer it is in any society, charitable giving is needed as soon as other people have luxuries. Um, and when you really start separating the rich and the poor, because uh, how it started is you have. So once people have nice things, now mm-hmm. there's people that don't have nice things. Yep. And that's what, with what's the need for cha- charitable giving. Yes, exactly. And that was around the end of the Revolutionary War time. Is what that's saying. when it, they, they were looking into, when they were starting America, they were looking into when it would really become an issue. When, when the people, because they knew what caused a huge, the, the wanting to come to America was everything happening in Europe. So the, the church, forced religion, um, the monarchy, everything happening there. And they wanted freedom to do and practice their own religion, practice whatever it may be, more of that kind of capitalistic society. And once they finally were free, and the whole point of the book is starting from there and not wanting to get to charitable giving. So back to it is you have... When did charitable giving start? When did it start? Did it start before the Revolutionary War? You can't, that's what I'm saying, is you can't put exact time on it. The idea of that, what I brought up, the original intents for, is because you have agriculture, and that's so you move from a society where you're hunters and gatherers, then to pastures, so you can start domesticating animals. Then you move into agriculture, producing your own food, and then from there it's the um, commerce, marketplace, selling, and that's when you start producing luxuries because people can be a middleman, people can start working into the society on a different standpoint than working for what you're giving out. So there's people that can do less, but then there's other people that need to work more to receive less. So whenever that could be, that could be the start of time all the way to um, 
once hunter and gatherers found out how to domesticate animals that wherever the origins of the earth were. So to answer the question, where does it start? I have no idea time-wise, but hunter and gatherers is that process of becoming a society. Charitable giving had to start at the beginning. Quaid, I just looked this up right here. It says Jonas Hainward, another notable philanthropist of the era, established a marine society in 1956 and is classified as the first uh, seafarers charity or the first charity recognized in the United States. And that's when they, that's in the United States. That's like a foundation, though. I think the idea is back to the beginning of having to give. And that's what we really wanted to dive into for our first topic was the person behind the giving, when people need to give, um, when should you give. And then that kind of just rolls into when it becomes a negative thing is giving and when it's not helping a society by giving. So I think diving into where do you feel it stems as a person to need to start giving to someone? Where do you feel someone on the side of the street, when is it necessary to give to that person? Or when is it necessary to give to another besides your own? Okay. In a good way. Break that down for me. Start with, start with an easy question. What, so what are you, you asked a few questions there. I asked, where do you, where do you feel necessary to give to someone? Where do I, when do I feel it's necessary to give to somebody? Yes. When does charitable giving start for you? Well, charitable giving starts when I know I can make an impact without turning the person into, I, I guess, getting them off their feet, you could say. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, a, it really, it's hard to answer that question because there's so many different chari- ways mm-hmm. you can be charitable. Mm-hmm. And there's many different ones. So I don't think I have a definitive answer of when, does, when it starts. But I guess... Mm-hmm. I, when do you, and it's not when it starts, it's when do you feel it necessary to give to someone. I guess for me in particular, I would say when... I, I would want to give to someone if it's, like you said, it's not helping them um, by just giving. It's ha- where are you giving them the legs to start? Where are you give- when are you giving them the, the opportunity? I think that's where charity is best fit for people. When you're raising money or giving money to people that you're giving that opportunity rather. And so for me personally, I would want to give someone the opportunity to move forward in whatever they're doing. Um, and I would not give for someone that's just sitting there asking for money. Or quote unquote needing money because who really does? Yeah, well, it's just and then but then there's so many different aspects of charitable giving where you're not giving to one single person. You might be giving towards a cause, Mm -hmm. and is that cause helping it? I know we did a lot of work with feed my starving children. We learned all about that, all about the behind the scenes work, and it's pretty cool when you can when they have that big of impact and it's all all the money goes to or besides you know paying people livings obviously, but goes towards fighting hunger. But then we looked at it in a very interesting way. And we don't, this is just a way we looked at feed my starving children. This isn't what we believe necessarily, but we, we questioned, you know, is it helping is feed my starving children the best way to do that? Yes. You are reaching a lot of people, but with the goal of being feed people that need food, feed anyone that needs, needs food. Exactly. And what I would, I asked, I think I asked you this, Mm -hmm. what would happen if, Feed my starving children went bankrupt or the organization fell apart. Now you have all these people that have been relying on feed my starving children. What happens? What happens then? You know, I don't know. Maybe they know. Maybe they've done this research themselves. But I, I wonder about that. Is it is it helping? Would it be helping to more putting the efforts? It's, I guess it's easier to put all this food together as a group and make it exciting and fun and not go and farm or go and send farming equipment or something like that. But. There's an emotional side once you're there. No, exactly. And there's there's an emotional side when you were there. It was interesting for us because I don't recall there being one person that wasn't necessarily surprised we were there on our own. 
Like they were like, "Why? Who are you guys with? Or what? What company are you guys with?" We saw a lot of companies, which at first I always saw kind of the negative sides. Like, like the only people that are getting here are other companies who can just spare an intern and throw a whole group of people there. But on the positive, the mental side, like I think it was great to finally see that many people together trying to get the goal on how many um, packages you can fill. But then, like you said, once that's gone or that that specific foundation is gone, that's not a real foundation. That That's giving to people that only need the food. And it's really not that hard as far as, like we talked about, in a society, you can't jump to that fourth stage and having the luxury of food given to you. They don't have anything to buy, anything to buy it. So it's that big mistake. And I think charity moving towards the negative sides is you need the first of, they've already been hunter-gatherers, now domesticating animals and like farm in. animals and, and farming and stuff like that. Yeah. Adding and that moving is into agriculture, producing your own food. But then you have to ask, you have to ask what about the countries that don't have farmable land or the villages that don't have that stuff. That are nowadays have, with newer technology, we're putting, we're putting gardens up on the roofs. Think about it, a roof in a city. We're putting a garden. Children's costs just went through the roofs because they have to develop all those stuff. When they have, when they try to keep their costs so low as it is. They should change the name then and kind of move toward rather than feed my starving children. I'm about like produce food for my starving children or like. And then you have people building these farming equipment, this farm, this technical farming equipment, this futuristic ones that help. I think it's finding the solutions to it, finding the solutions. But if it was that easy, the solution to world hunger, are you saying? Okay, no, don't put that on me. Don't put that on me. No, No, I'm saying in the fact I'm rather than giving the food giving the opportunity to either grow food for yourself. I think we're trying, we're taking over their markets as far as trade's concerned. Like they've never had, and this is kind of me speaking on Who? the bare yeah. minimum, the bare research and the minimum amount of research that I've done with this specifically is they being whoever is needing feed my starving children, the areas that aren't getting the resources they need to grow as a community because they're being given everything or also being restricted from other opportunity, having to escape, um, imprisonment and current leaders and there's a bunch of different factors to that but at the same time I think there's easy answers we're seeing it on an f3 visual side is with um, advanced advancements in technology drone videography and the the lidar with agriculture there's so many ways to make um, like producing agriculture way easier way easier way more affordable um, consistent. Like, how is it affordable? How is that? How are they making agriculture affordable? Being able to manage a small area land, an area land, like you said, where are the areas that you can produce, um, where you can produce and you can't produce? There is a bunch of those areas, but there's also what they're seeing with drones is you can detect and plot an entire field and know if it's going to be good or bad over and kind of prepare for that. Save costs. It's way more affordable. Um, Yes, someone's going to have to do it, but again, it's back to the charity, back to the foundation, is produce food for my starving children, not feed my starving children, is the concept that I, I pulled out of that, and we kind of, we, like you said, we were just hypothesizing. We weren't... That's not what we think, necessarily. Yeah, no, absolutely, because that was fun as heck. It was super fun, and, and the way that everybody's screaming when they fill a box, and yeah. it's, you know, everybody's having a good time, and we were talking about how we want to make a video, you know, mm -hmm. setting that locations record of number of boxes because i think if we get a bunch of athletic dudes we make a sweet or athletic women or like or anyone women. Yeah, Anybody, dude. anyone that's can go out there but it, i think we noticed is it's whoever's most enthusiastic 
And if we were to set a goal as like a big group of people, it's all about like knowing you're not wanting to slow down, knowing you're trying to compete and putting a goal to it. Because right now I think people just go in there and they make it a system. We're in there, we're out. We did a good deed. Um, it felt really nice. Now we're not coming back. I mean, I would say 75% of those people were not forced to go, but almost forced to go. They were from companies. They were. Well, didn't, don't they offer, they like paid for their volunteer hours, the Blue Cross? That was the Blue Cross. Yeah, that was a different. Yeah, the people you worked with, that was a cool story, actually. Um, just because I don't think that's as normal as you could see the group one. I don't know if we can say these, maybe we'll just blur them off and out, but like us bank was there. So they had a group and you could tell they were all the, yeah. Oh, if I they were so, at feed my serving children. People aren't supposed yeah. to know that. Us bank was there and they had the, the biggest group in my mind. Um, and they were for sure like all the interns getting to know each other, playing games in that way, which is good, but at the same time, kind of a waste of resources. So it, if, in, if you're going on the negative side of it and it was exciting, but I, it, but overall it was good. Mind, it was yeah. good doing it. Yep. But if you look at it a different way, mm. whatever, you could have done that mm. going on the negative side. Yeah. We both sort of did research and watched videos on the Clinton foundation and all of the, the interesting, this is like the peak of corruption in charitable, I feel like <laughs> foundations or charitable giving. <laughs> this is like what a lot of people know and some have proven that there's been corruption throughout. What was one thing that surprised you doing all this research on the Clinton Foundation? Seeing the financials and everyone freaks out about the word documents, like which documents can prove that? To me, seeing like the financials and seeing the the companies that you could look up and look up docu I say documents as ones that were proof of numbers. Um, everyone looked for emails or what they said or said. I think that's all kind of BS. But finally, seeing what it really impacted, um, you can always say the conspiracy side of death and um, targeting and the lying. But at this, for me, the numbers don't lie. And that's where the most surprising so which fact. Part, which part of learning was like that stuck out? The numbers mm -hmm. part? Like, the payment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Specific area? Uh, specific area is, I guess I wrote a few down, but generally it was what they're getting paid to speak and where they're getting paid from. Um, a big thing that I pulled out of it. Give a little is, context to that. So yeah, Bill Clinton yeah, yeah. was getting paid. Oh, yeah, direct names. And he was yeah, getting paid to speak mm -hmm. in Canada for a company that was a big shareholder yep. in, I think it was, the oil, the pipeline, that's what it was. It was yeah, a pipeline. Was the Keystone pipeline. It was a big investor was in the Keystone pipeline. And the, then the Clintons came out and were like, we were totally against this, mm -hmm. yada, yada, yada. All of a sudden, Bill Clinton gets hired $2 million, most he's ever gotten hired for a speech. And we for this know. company, that's a huge investor. And now they're, then, then they pass a bill or something that says they're for it without mm -hmm. going public with anything with that. And then you hear the speeches, so the totally ones are getting paid 200000 to 750000 that one company paid for their first time using Bill Clinton. $750,000 yeah. for coming and speaking at a company. Like, is that just the life? You literally, you literally develop a speech that you can use at any company and just generalize it and then maybe fit some stuff, whatever they need, but and get $200,000. And the psychology of it. I, I know. Which part? The psychology behind the whole process to me. Because we talked first about what a person needs to finally need to, to be dependable on someone, the lingo and the language they're using and the descriptive words they use of different individuals, how they describe groups, how they characterize people, needing money in certain areas, but also they believe in this in this certain area. 
what they're able to do to manipulate a crowd and why I think they paid so much for these speakers is the speakers would directly say either the opposite or just mumble all of the stuff that's happening behind the scenes. And it's, you see the chain go all the way up, like during, I mean, Obama administration and wait. Oh, so backtrack here for a second. Yeah. Speakers. How, what was the initial question? How is it beneficial? What is it? You can see the benefit of it. Is that what you said? I don't know if I was answering a question, um, more stating just how impactful the, the, the leaders that were doing the, the speakers. So I guess, yeah, that was kind of it. Um, how impactful the speakers are in everything they're doing behind the scenes, how much they're able to do on what we're seeing or hearing back at home. Yeah. Um, we talked about the, the effect it has with soldiers so specifically through the business Benghazi. impacts. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're talking about? Yes, uh, like how seeing, the businesses have changed? And putting Where have we seen know? that? Uh, with the oil pipeline. So that was directly when just weeks ago they were talking, weeks not weeks ago, the present but weeks ago at the time we're talking about re- reusable energy we're talking about all the benefits and of looking the- and when that was in the video what we saw and that we were watching this and it was weeks prior talking about reusable energy to then behind the scenes you can see they're working with the keystone pipelines um not going public with any of it just super no. sketchy that's where they're making that's where the money with the money that that's where the money does not the money does not lie and that's where you're seeing I was seeing physically they're showing it and talking about um, the relationships on that side and showing the behind the scenes footage the big uh, pipeline CEOs whatever Bill Clinton talking off his jet and it's there's too many numbers to show that we're because I think we have to say we haven't said yet is we weren't looking at this politically by any means yeah we we don't we're not saying vote Democrat vote Republican we're just saying there's corruption and we enjoy the pot we really enjoy the positive sides of charitable giving and it'd be, we thought it'd be really cool to look at it like this. The Clinton Foundation just stands out the most because of, like you said, it's I think it was. And there's celebrities, and it's, it's just a lot of a lot of stuff that happened that was very, you know. And then the whole it's Haiti, real, the whole Haiti thing, how this massive earthquake happens, and these Haitian uh, politicians are coming on saying we were promised this, this, this. Mm-hmm. Where is it? We were promised billions of dollars. Here's a hundred million dollars or whatever they said. You know, just crazy, like, and then they go, and then I know that they talked about in the documentary how they use this money that they would get from huge donors to fund campaigns and fund a bunch of stuff outside of it that it doesn't have to do with the, why would you have a foundation to fund political campaigns when you're saying you're going to help these? Exactly, and that's just the direct payments to these people. That's how the Clintons are getting paid, is how they're wearing money through different people and the different foundations and the different organizations they're using. Think about the side of it. They're using it to cover these tax credit. Probably. I wonder if taxes play. Oh, the tax write offs. That's a huge. I didn't even want to look into it too much because it's so we'd need an accountant on here. That'd be fun to have one on here. Like, give us all the major details of what you can and can't do. But just on a basic level, the tax write offs they have and the ability to move money around. Because you can say other people have foundations. It's not like the Clinton Foundation is you see an exchange or you see their cash flow of oh they made a payment here made a payment here made a payment here it's where they're able to move it to the different foundations who's running those how they're able to pay people down making making their trail harder to follow too is probably like moving money over here did that did that who's checking if they actually sent this money here is it just the people there that are we relying on giving us that information back crazy stuff Next, we should kind of move into the capitalism. I get two, two before that. Cool, you guys I think because we've, we've already stated this is not supposed to be like this was not supposed to be a political argument. This was not supposed to be 
uh, pushing any thoughts, but it would be, and I would push anyone who is listening to this to definitely just look into it. Look into the Clinton Foundation and everything behind it. Look wherever you want to find sources from or wherever you want to find the research, but do it. And I think you'd be surprised at just the change over time. And like we always talked about, and we've talked about it with parents, we've talked about it with each other several times, is if you've done the basic research on the Clintons, Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton and their progress through politics, it's all back to leading into capitalism, making money. That's where the ideals really came from. And they just totally flip-flopped. So look into it. Do the research and let's jump in. Yeah, the capitalism and if it's basically if you can make a business and get these tax write-offs, and then have all these employees not taking really profit, putting it right back into your company, somehow like that. I know it's harder to do if there's a certain p- people group that you're helping, but I know there's a lo- also a lot that just build businesses out of these Foundation. good causes, yep. you know, and then don't have to pay all these taxes. So I'm thinking, I'm kind of trying to think right now through my head, like what would be a good example of a company that might not be super involved with the group of people that they're working with? They say they're working with? They say they're working with, yes. I know there's a lot of, also we, we don't really have the right to say whether or not they're doing it because we don't know. Hiding behind We're the just, this is all, this is, you know, two 22 year olds speculating, you know, about a, com- a company and what, is it really worth it? I know there's. A, <sighs> it's not going to be. A, it's not going to be a lot of financial institutions because they're getting audited all the time. Um, there was ones where they're saying they're getting transferred through different ethnic families that are running family-owned businesses in different areas. Where because a big thing that we've learned about taxing from talking to our attorney with F three Visuals is that it's all about where you're located, which laws for different areas, and so these foundations or the small businesses are able to work as in they're working out of different states, as in they're working out of different countries, and that's big on connecting all those dots. I actually remembered, um, there's actually an apparel company, I forget the name, but I read an article online. It's about how, there's a lot of apparel companies, I know Love Your Melon is a really good one. That's yeah. a, that's actually really positive. I know a lot of people that work with that, but there's also a lot of apparel companies that, I forget the name, but there's a huge one where they did they found out that Shoe, it's a, there's one that's was the shoe company. I think that was it, dude. It, it was the it might have been time. It was the big a one where they promising built promising money for promising money, and it was donating shoes to um, areas in Africa that needed them. Right. To find out later, all of these shoe merchants in Africa are, I, I can't sell any shoes. How can I compete with? They're literally giving shoes to these kids. Like I make phenomenal shoes where I'm at, and these people would want to pay for my my services. So you're also, taking away the local economy. Exactly. Yeah. And then easy, easy proof of it. Because what bothers me the most about those companies, and nothing against Love Your Melon, but I do also know the lives like their their higher ups are living. Like they're living a different lifestyle. You know, than, I thought that oh, guy was. Yeah. A, I thought that guy was a good guy. They're all phenomenal guys. They're all phenomenal guys. They're living a life of a CEO. Like, that's what it is. And it's nothing bad, but they're a huge part of their business model. And every company needs to look into it. It's where are you benefiting from charitable giving? That's, that's, you don't look into charitable giving how you can. That's, and that's again, most, also, most you could are. say that you build this great brand and you, he, mm-hmm. he might do, you know, give the majority of his money to this, to this cause that's helping. I, do you know whether or not Love Your Melon is giving? They are giving. They are for sure giving. And that's why it's always, because think about there's companies that don't give I'm anything. I'm saying that there are companies that don't, I'm I not asking that. I'm asking if there's. They also do make a like lot of money for 
yeah, saying they're donating. That's where they're making extra money for it. So it's interesting where those numbers lie out. And, like, and, and it maybe maybe they're making fifty percent, or maybe they're making twenty five percent, but they're making so much money because they have that great cause. Exactly. Maybe they're doing a bunch of stuff. I didn't really look at it. What do you got for us here, Mitch? Yeah, so I was just looking at the Tom's thing. So kind of going to what Tanner said. And Tom's are just, those are those, the sandals that were made from whether, was it recyclable stuff or was it just really cheap when you bought the them? Economy, this is what we're looking at here. Yeah, so basically kind of what happened, and I mean, just from my outtake on um, charity and stuff like that, sometimes the difference between enabling people and just giving them something, just to be like, here, like I'm better than you, like here's charity. And that's where I sometimes think like, when you actually like give someone something to process and like you talked about taking out local business. What is what am I looking at here? This is giving away they give away shoes, um, but it's they give away shoes. Taking away from local uh, shoe vendors or makers that can't keep up with the Oh right now we're looking at Tom's are called the charitable shoe. So is this is this it, a cre it creates a dependency and that's that's the big thing and I know I, I confused it a little bit at the beginning. But it's those four stages to a society, and it was super cool. I'm really going to dive into more of the, the details of it now. I'm going to stop saying dive into. Um, I'm going to go into the... Be your catchphrase. <laughs> yeah, Let's dive into it. Dive in. Embrace Ladies it. Oh, okay. But it, it, I've already said the hunters and gatherers, pasturage, agriculture, and then commerce and manufacturing. Four stages. You need to work through those in order. And this is where it's back to. It's really hurting it. This Tom Shoes, it said it... It built a dependency for the shoes because of those pricings. It gets rid of all the merchants, all the competition, the beauties of capitalism, and gets rid of charitable giving to an extent is if you can keep building that people need more opportunity. And that's where it led to way too dependable on that. It's a luxury that these people have and don't necessarily – it's not that they don't deserve it, but it's a luxury they shouldn't be having yet. They haven't built that market and that four steps is something everyone needs to look into when you when you look at charitable giving. Is it are you four giving? steps are hunters and gatherers. Hunters and gatherers. That's because you're you're out there, you're fighting for food, you're trying to you need to kill to eat to survive. Or you move on to the next one, pasturage, which is domesticating animals. Domesticating animals. So you don't eat animals, you move into the agriculture. Agriculture. agriculture and commerce and mark. Commerce that's actually that's actually Capitalism. selling capitalism because you're selling all those i uh our our my church we always send people down to haiti and yep. they're right in haiti right now that they're, they're building bakeries they're doing this but we actually have you been to haiti i have or, not but i've just heard seen so yeah. many yes. we'll have to ask about that later. i've actually yeah. been to haiti on a cruise ship okay so i have been to haiti just the islands the coast was of it, it vacation it was a vacation it was cruise uh cool. spring break <laughs> um anyways uh, what was I saying? So yeah, we learned about capitalism and stuff they're doing down there. This lady down there is, they get when they get their water, they get them in these bags that are f like filled these plastic bags, and they're just everywhere because the people just throw them on the ground. They get their water, they drink it, they're done with it. They're really small. Can we look at what those look like? I want to see what those. Look yeah, like. uh, I forgot what it's called, but yeah. there, there's a certain name. But but she takes all the bags. She hires people to go get these bags, collect them, and then she sews like actual bags like purses and stuff that they can buy for really cheap so she's getting money she's getting recycling you know she's recycling she's from it the area, it's peace cycle look up peaks peace cycle mitch it's called peace like p-e cycle p-e yep. yeah whatever mm -hmm. peace so but it's super cool but it's it's offering sewing jobs i know you like to sew oh yeah sewing jobs putting your bags together collecting them all sorts of stuff but stuff like that that's like so cool because she's 
looking at it environmentally and making money for the economy or yep. the local market or whatever. It's a hobby. That's that's something that I'm so passionate about personally. We talk about it all the time around this entire place with everyone we work with on an F3 side. The understandable side is being passionate in what you're doing, making a difference, a positive difference, which for us, we want to always... Why We, we, we want to have a positive image, exactly. and we want to be helping because if you're... You know, not like we're celebrities, but if we you have a voice and you're helping, it really it really helps because there's a lot of you know stuff that's not going good in the world. Even if you don't have a voice, like that's make voice, make yeah. that your voice, make that your voice. But that can be a voice. That can be a voice through it, and it's it's so okay. Here's these bags. So we have peace, peace cycle here for those of you listening. The these are the yeah, they're super super small bags, but they're everywhere, bro. Because that's like how they. That's how they get it. If you go to the websites, Mitch, I think you can actually pull up their website. Even if it wasn't made by them. They would usually get waters and ba water and bags like these. I think so. I think, so. I think that somehow, I'm not sure exactly how it works, but anyways, I think the equation for a good job would be, this would be my idea. Job. You have an influence. Before you dive into this, write down. Do you want to write these down quick? Yeah. Speaking of job, yeah, write down what you're gonna do. But I gotta cut you off. We gotta dive into our first segment, our new segment. First segment, new segment for that. That dude. I yeah, just want to touch on this. I want okay, to. This is it. this is super quick. Yeah. Oh. Um, Equation to a new job, those of you looking to, if this is, this is what my dream would be, to have a voice, have an audience, big audience, love what I'm doing, making a substantial income, and also helping people, bro. I just think if you can put those together, you have a recipe for an awesome life. Absolutely. Yeah. That's all I want to say. I just want to say that with this bag, bag lady, she's like killing it. And that's, like, I think that's the best, people. and that's the best transition into that first segment that we are about to introduce. So we have a new segment. Because it's what we're doing. This is what we're trying to do as a company. You've already met Pecan. We haven't got Jay on here because he's way too freaking busy. Rosie. From Sports Illustrated to, was he Arizona now? Arizona, Arizona he's in the Bahamas, Arizona, yep. Las Vegas, you name it. Trying to do what we love is what it is. Trying new to do segment. Love, like you said, making a difference. We have a company called F3 Visuals. This is our segment. Did you miss us? Last week, we had a pretty interesting week with F3. We were at Country Fest. Delwood Country For Fest. For those of you particular. that don't know what Delwood Country Fest, Tanner, give them, a little, give them a little pitch of what Delwood Country Fest was. Delwood Country Fest. <laughs> Located in Grant, Minnesota. Bringing to you Joe Nichols. High Valley. Country singers. Country singers. Your games, yo bro sports. All right. And the final event was F3 Visuals was filming and it was awesome. We had the FPV going with Patty. Patty FPV was whipping around in that for a little so, show. Sorry. Right, Explain Delwood. You're so, so excited. I can feel your excitement, man. What's Delwood? Delwood Country Fest. It was a country musical fest. I thought it was really cool. This yeah. concert, we had to. It was really my it was first a full day event. I know you. I don't. I think you probably done something, but this is my first concert experience and being able to go Ever? all access, like filming. Okay. Filming, oh yeah, filming. Yeah. Filming yeah. concert yeah. experience, yeah. be able to go in certain places where other people can't go, yeah. waving at them, stuff like that. All of our friends were there, so it was super awesome. But it, it really opened it was, the door for the future of F three. It did I, on, on an entertainment level, especially because that was a side of 
I know Jay has, has dealt with a lot of professionals in that industry, but as a full team of five guys going in there, like you, areas that you can't go to, going to backstage, communicating with people, what different shots we want, working with the aerial See, stuff. Let's talk about how stressful people were. Oh my because God. we're, you know, four young gentlemen who are just happy to be there. Yeah. And then we have all these managers and people, you can't film this, you can't film that. And it's like, okay, just easy. We're here for a fun Makes time. Sense. I understand I there's a lot of pressure riding on it. That's understandable. That's understandable. We were ready to say it. We were ready, bro, but it's just, you know, it's peace, people. Just be happy, you know? You get you get to do, watch free concerts. I mean, I guess I'm probably sick of it by now. And dealing with the people. Mitch, you got to give us, what's your worst story? Because for anyone that does, so Mitch works with our sales. He's the chief of sales, um, works with the clients, has to deal with the worst of Always people. Always on time. Always on Always time, on yes. Always on the phone, too. That's one thing you're, give if you're with quick, him, well, yeah, give ask. us, I'm going to ask him, what is the worst experience you had? Because you had to deal with the performers, you had to deal with the management. What was the worst not person, but worst situation you had. I just totally name dropped. Totally no name. name dropped. I don't want any Let's enemies. The long-haired beauty was kind of tough to deal with, and I think we all know who I'm talking about there. Yes. We can say Mark. Mark. Okay, Mark. Mark was tough. Mark was very tough. He was very skeptical of our professionalism, which he didn't know us, which is fair, but. He just dropped some things on us like, well, I don't even know if you guys are certified. I don't know if you guys have the right things. Like, I don't even know, like, who are you? What kind of camera do you have? Like, very, very uh, kind of just looked at us like a bunch of 22-year-old kids, which we are. But at the end of the thing, and I will say, Mark did tell us, and he called uh, Sean, showed Sean McIntyre, and he said, that was the most professional camera group I ever saw. I never saw the Sean, camera. He said that? He said, Mark said that. Mark called and okay. said well, that's, himself, I, so no, thank you, Mark. I appreciate that. the entire production. So for Mark to go out of his way to call and tell and tell Sean that, it did mean a lot. Because like you said, on a professionalism side, that's what we're shooting for. So it was fun. It was really fun to do it that. It was very fun. I enjoyed it. It was a lot to deal with on from my side that I just never thought I would have to. But um, at the end of the day, it was very rewarding. And you guys killed it. That's cool. And and the opportunities, how we're doing this. You want to talk about Iowa? We're going to another. Is it? It's a music Milk festival. festival. Yeah. Another music Milk festival. Milk Understandable is going to be there. Yep, it's going to be wonderful. We're going to be on social media, all that sort of stuff. Getting right into, we have people that don't know. We have a new beer sponsor. So we're going to yeah, be beer. working with yeah. Really? Liquor, man. It's liquor. It's sponsor or F three sponsor. Oh, it's it's an F three sponsor because F three is doing the film work for this specific company advertising a new beer a What's new the liquor it's called? the entire company itself is called mexcore and they represent different liquors they have a whiskey that's amazing uh right now it's got a long name but it's kind of like a pecan whiskey we're going to be working on naming that rebranding it with the video content that's gonna be really fun so i'm really excited to do that we're gonna have a bunch of footage coming for that hopefully on the under cool side. to like have a you know it's it's working to advertise the drink in a, like a way, it's like cool to just think about that different way because I've never worked with advertising yeah. and commercials and stuff like from, that. From the but it's a great opportunity, around, and yeah. from what Mitch and the, what the relationship he has, it's there seem like pretty cool guys who just. I love people yeah. that believe that we can offer them something right off the bat. Like we don't have to prove ourselves because most people are like, "Oh, these are just a bunch of punks yep. who think they're cool with video with technology." But mm -hmm. no, with we, good we, looking we, suits and ties. When good looks, we did look good. Guys. We did look good. <laughs> <laughs> so. What? We had a busy week before. Busy week before. Now we have an even busier week on totally different spectrums of the world. Busy week on an F3 side, but on an understandable slash personal lifestyle. McQuaid, tell me what you're doing next week. I am going to youth camp. I'm counselor in charge counselor? of quite a few young gentlemen. Kind of not nervous, but 
You know, I'm gonna have to be serious. And I don't, I'm not how can I view serious. it? What if I want to watch this happening? Well, how can I watch this? Be all over the understandable uh, Snapchat to be to you know, which is to let the people know the undersnap is what it is called is the username. We'll have all the this information. Yep. The undersnap is gonna be an Instagram, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, it's gonna be a fun time. You know, we swim, we play games, water balloons. We're the green team, so it's gonna be. You know, get to know outside of McQuaid. You, you don't have you're gonna you're gonna see serious McQuaid, you know, on the Snapchats. I'm gonna have to, you know, if if someone's not, you know, listening, I can. It's hard for me, but I can bring down the hammer. It's almost more impactful because they don't expect it. They don't yep. see. They don't see, you know, adult McQuaid coming at them. So yeah, I mean, overall, follow Snapchat. It's new. We haven't been follow the Snapchat. The under Snap. If you didn't hear it before, wow. Well, it's been a great podcast that was a lot of talking summarize we got to talk about the positives and negatives of charitable giving diving into what makes a person maybe want to give what makes a society get to a dependable society and needing charitable giving in the government all the way down to the negative sides which maybe people didn't know at the beginning there is a bunch of negative sides to charitable giving there's a bunch of negatives but overall if they have good intentions and they aren't, you know, corrupt with their money, it felt good, dude. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what we create with our with our um, social media, because I want to make. Because we have this video, you know, we have these video skills. I want to make sweet videos of these charitable giving, get people inspired, get people going. Heck yeah! Those are the plans for the future. We have YouTube videos coming. We have all sorts of things coming. The podcast is only going to get better and better as time goes on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I mean, I think that's a great spot to end it. Um, Thank you for listening. Anyone who does listening. did make it this far, you are the bomb. I, if you listen the whole time, I appreciate you a little more than the other people that left. <laughs> and they'll never know that because they left. <laughs> so, uh, any closing? Actually, any closing thoughts, Tanner? Any advice? Anything you could tell our listeners? Take an hour out of your day. If you haven't done any type of charitable giving, which at the time I would say I didn't do much, go do an hour of Feed My Starving Children to get started. That was a great place for me to get in the zone, feel that positivity it of... It feels good. It feels People good, and that cliche, got me moving. It yeah, feels good. It does, and it's the start of, now what can I do to help? Big fan of just that bit, one act of random kindness at a time. Let's do Doing it, make the world better. no money to help. It's, yes, it's that's the start. That's the start. Not always, what do I need? We talked about it last week, actually. What do I need? What do I need? What do I need? Or in like, how can I help others? Because if you can get a mix of those thoughts to better yourself um, on a capitalistic side, to then also being able to make an impact on others. All right. Well, do you guys have any finishing thoughts? I just want to say thank you for having me on today, guys. Like making a dream come true. So thank you for letting me. Mitch, you will definitely be back. I can promise you that. Um, Listeners, thank you for listening. This is the Understandable Podcast. Quaid, Mitch, and Tanner. Checking out. I hope you guys have a great day, great night, whenever you're listening to this. This is The Understandable. We out. <laughs>